Blog Talk Radio. At first I was afraid, I was petrified, kept thinking I could never live without you by my side. But then I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong, and I grew strong, and I learned how to get along and so you're back. Eastern 
Daylight Time. It's off the chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, and I apologize. My days and nights are running together. I want to welcome each and every one of you to the show tonight, and do we have an exciting show for you. But before we get started on that, I want to let all of you know that we are very close to 129,000 listeners just on this show. Yeah, just 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 on on Blog Talk Radio. Doesn't include all the other podcasts that I started running the numbers on, got tired of it, and just had to quit because there's just so many. I would I would venture to guess, ladies and gentlemen, we've hit well over 200,000 listeners in over 200 countries with this with this show, and I am so grateful and so humbled and so appreciative to each and every one of you. Because this isn't my show, it's your show. Y'all are the ones that have made this show successful. We are now in our second year. As of today, we are in our second year. And I am just blown away by the support, the love, everything that all of y'all have done. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I have to add a big shout-out to Australia because Australia continues to be the number one listener for this show on Blog Talk Radio. They listen 92% of the time. They beat out the good old USA hands down, and I want to thank them for that. So thank you, Australia, because not only do you all listen to this show, but you have also helped make my guest more successful. One in particular, her name is Diane Moat, and she became a sponsor on this show here a while back, and she um, has been on the show, and she writes a series called the Sam Holden Series, and she's just released a new book called uh, Dog Bones. And Sam Holden, our favorite vigilante, well, she's back. The third book in the series has just been released. And Dog Bones, Sam's quest to avenge abused animals is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other side. Will her double life be exposed? Will she be able to protect the animals, her friends, and herself? Check out Dog Bones by Diane Mote everywhere ebooks are sold. And if you haven't started the series yet, start with Dog Gone and then read Dog Fight and then go to Dog Bones. Right now, Dog Gone is free on Amazon. That's author Diane Mote. And I have to give a shout-out to Diane because today she and I were working on this ad, and I put up on my Facebook page that she had just released this book and that I appreciated her in so many ways. And remember at the end of my show, ladies and gentlemen, when I um, say that people will forget your name, they will forget what you look like, yada, 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 but they will always remember how you make them feel? Well, Diane told me something today that, just kind of left me speechless because I do this show for y'all, for the readers, for the listeners, and to give all of you, the guests, the listeners, experience, exposure, and to help y'all be successful. And Diane told me today something that I did not realize, and she told me that whether I knew it or not, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact quote, that whether I knew it or not, that I was the reason that a lot of these indie authors 
didn't give up even when they wanted to because it is tough out there and that I was what kept them going. That's very humbling, and that's a large responsibility, and I accept it greatly with pleasure because I want each of you to succeed in your life no matter what it is, and if you have tried it, you have succeeded. That being said, another one of our authors, Jay Traveler Pelton, who has also been on the show, and she is also a sponsor for the show, she has a trilogy out called the Oberlin Trilogy. And the first in the trilogy is The Infant Conspiracy. In 2008, the Oberlin are shot a family, and the parents, Noel and Violent, along with their children, are very close-knit. They all work in the family firm. The children are supposed to take over the firm after the brothers return from their hitch with Uncle Sam so the parents can retire. But as with all things in life... Things go south real quick when a savage virus is turned loose on an unsuspecting public. Join the Oberlins as they set out to make the world a safer place. That's the Infancy Conspiracy, book one of the Oberlin Trilogy by J. Traveler Pelton. Another gentleman I've had on this show came from Alabama, and his name is John Isaac Jones, and he's written a short story book called Alabama Stories. I have this. It is the cutest thing I've ever read in my entire life. It is several short stories written from the perspective of a 12-year-old boy. It is fun. It is entertaining. It is educational. And it runs the gamut of every emotion you have. That's John Isaac Jones' Alabama Stories. It is also on Amazon Kindle. Now, I know y'all are saying, okay, how do I do this? How do I how do I get on the show? How do I run an ad? Okay, it's real simple. Go to off the chain radio at yahoo.com. Let me know if you want to be on the show or if you want to run an ad. If you want to run an ad, you send it to me either in an MP3 format or in written form and I can either run it as as a as a uh, MP3 ad or I can read it. And for $10 a month, that's 30 days, I will run your ad no matter how many shows I have, and I usually run four shows a week. If for whatever reason I have to reschedule a show, because all of you all know my husband is very, very ill and he is failing, the ad goes with the show. So your ad will get its 30 days. I'm not in it to make a fortune. I don't want to make a fortune. I want you all to succeed. So for 10 bucks, I'll run your ad. It's that simple. If you want to get on the show... Contact me. I'll tell you how to get on the show. I'm booking for the first of next year because December is just about filled up. I may have one or two slots available in December. I'm already booking for next year. That's how far in advance we are. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, this show is rocking. That's why we call it Off the Chain. So contact me, offthechainradio at yahoo.com. Now, with all of the housekeeping done... I have this amazing guest on my show tonight. She is a southern sister, because all of y'all know I am from Georgia, born, raised, reared, and then I left. I only left because I came to South Florida, because South Florida's paradise. Or I would still be in Georgia, because that is the closest thing to heaven besides the Carolinas, Tennessee, and Alabama. Anybody from that part of the country will tell you that's God's country. So... Another southern sister, her name is Haven Cage, and she is an author. She lives in the Carolinas with her husband and her son, 
and after many years of dabbling with drawing, painting, and working night shifts in the medical field, God love her, she decided to try her hand at writing. Now, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on if the glass is half empty or half full, her love for books came later in life and proved to add a healthy challenge during her writing journey. She was determined to hone her her craft, though, so she soaks up as much information as she can. She spends her free time tapping away in her favorite local coffee shop, keeps a good book in hand and whenever possible, and what began as a hobby has grown into a way of escape and the yearning to take her journey further, her love for writing and reading deepening along the way. Welcome, Haven. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for having Excuse me. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. Now get the frog out of your throat. It's okay. I know. I've got a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of drainage going on lately. Sorry about it's, that. It's the weather. Trust me. It's, it's yes, yes, it's it down is. Here. It's the humidity. You know, we get all that. And, yeah, we just move on with it and say, "Excuse us while we go cough up a lung." Uh, no big right, deal. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, which Carolina are you in, my darling girl? The south, but I'm right at the border, so I kind of straddle both. <laughs> oh, so you can just flip yeah. across the border and go shopping, go to work, go That's to movies. That's right, yeah. Okay. I'm just south of Charlotte, so, yeah, it's not it's not too far from the, the line at all. That's true. I've been to Charlotte. Love. We used to race bicycles in Charlotte. In fact, we raced a national on the Charlotte Speedway. My children oh, raced. cool. Yeah. yeah, well, it was the neatest thing. They raced BMX bicycles way back in the day. We're talking the 80s. And they ran a national in Charlotte at the Speedway, and they built a um, a dirt track complete with burns and, and um, hills and all the stuff that the, that the kids raced on, and they raced on the Charlotte Speedway. That was the neat. I don't know how they got that dirt in there. I don't know how they got it out of there. But it was an absolutely amazing weekend. Yeah, that sounds like it. Yeah, they do a lot of different. Um, we usually go up there to see the Christmas lights sometimes. Ooh. They do. Yeah, they do the whole speedway with Christmas lights, and then have like a little, a little get together in the center where they have some shops and things like that. So yeah, they do a lot of oh, stuff up there. I might have to make that road trip one year. Yeah. Well. As as you and I talked about earlier, the folks want to know about Haven. And so let's just take a trip down memory lane. We know that you got into reading late in life. Was it because yeah. you didn't like to read, didn't have time to read, you were on a different journey? Um, did- well, yeah. <laughs> I just think I didn't know what I liked to read at the time. So in high school, you know, they, they kind of force all these books on you that might not necessarily be a genre that a kid's interested in. And so it kind of turned me off to reading. So I never thought that it would be something I would enjoy as much as I do now. Um, so, yeah, I just didn't get into it. I was in art class a lot and... um I had, you know, some other things that kind of geared me towards the medical field as well at the same time. So reading just wasn't something that was on my radar as a passion. Did you always intend to go into the medical field? 
Uh, I, once I got to high school, yeah, I I think it was pretty obvious that that was where I wanted to go. Um, I was an athletic trainer in high school where basically they call you the, the water boy or the water girl. Um, but we, you know, also helped with injuries on the field. And that was where I kind of decided that, you know, this is this is for me. This is what I want to do. I really like being in, in the medical um area so I kind of went with that through college and I'm still there (laughs) well all I'm gonna say is God loves you and God bless you years and years ago when when I was little and not very bright I I really thought that that's what I wanted to do I'm so glad I didn't because I probably would have killed some doctors (laughs) (laughs) it is tough it's it's a hard field to um you definitely got to be the right kind of person to be in it, for sure. Because I'm not a yeah. yes person. And when I see, and, and and my husband's doctors now know me. They know better than to argue with me. So <laughs> now they just say, yes, ma'am, whatever you want, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I think I would have had a hard time following the the rules of, of just not questioning and just doing, knowing all the time it's probably wrong. But God yeah, loves you, well, and, and we need good ones like you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I work. I'm fortunate. I work with pretty good doctors and um, pretty good staff, so it, it helps keep my job enjoyable. And um, I'm an X-ray tech, so I don't. Yeah, I think if I was a nurse, I'd get too attached to a lot of patients that yes. I spend more time with than I do now, and that would be an issue for me. Um, but. Being an x-ray tech allows me to kind of see all aspects of it, and I do things outside of x-ray um, just because of where I work, and it allows me to still not get bored with doing x-ray. So that's good. I definitely God, I enjoy it. it. I love Well, thank you. <laughs> I, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart because we there are not enough. There's a lot of people in the medical field, but there are not enough that belong in the medical field. Yeah, yeah. And and I know you know what I'm talking about because I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> so many times. Yeah. They just need yeah. to go find another line of work, preferably garbage collector. I don't know. But anyway, you have a, ladies and gentlemen, this beautiful woman has a tagline. And when I saw it, I go, yeah, she's my kind of girl. Because her tagline is called Finding Beauty in the Dark. And as we talk tonight, you're going to see why we find, and, and like her, I find beauty in the dark, but you're going to see why she uses that tagline. Now, you, once once you got the writing bug, first of all, what made you get the writing bug? Let's start with that. Um, My son was just getting into preschool, and I was just looking for something to do that was, not being a mommy and not being a wife, just something that I could do that kind of was just for me. And um, and actually how I started reading kind of came along right before that was um, one of my coworkers gave me Twilight, um, the first book. <laughs> and so I sat down. I was like, oh, I really like these covers, so let me give this a try. So I started reading it, and I devoured the whole series and jumped on the bandwagon with that. And then I did some research about Stephanie Meyer and found out that she started Twilight based off one of her dreams. And 
me being the person that I am, had a lot of really crazy dreams. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give it a go. So I just started writing as a hobby while he was in preschool. So that's kind of what started it. And, um, and there was months that I took off and then didn't do anything, and months that I, I did pretty well, and I learned as I went, and it took me a really long time to do the first book. What made you decide to go, and, and you and I talked about this. Well, before I go there, let's let's touch on what you and I talked about earlier, in that, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, we all have a dark side. Now, if you say you don't, you're lying to yourself and you're lying to everybody else because there are two. there's an old saying that goes, there are two wolves that are within us. There's a white wolf and there's a black wolf. And depending on which one you feed is the one that you become. So knowing that, what made you decide to embrace that darker side in your writing? Which I find fascinating because that's that's where I am. That's what I write about. That's what I enjoy reading. That was what I studied in college. So, was it the medical field? Was it the dreams? Was it just going there? I think it was a little bit of all of it. Um, yeah, I've always, like, a lot of my dreams were religiously based, and it was always this constant struggle between, you know, me and doing the right thing or defeating some type of evil. And then even in the medical field, I've been fascinated with what makes people do things. I mean, it's just they're always surprising me, and it's just a, a fascination of what makes people tick and why, you know, people do these horrible things all the time and then some people turn around and never do anything bad and it's just um, interesting to see the way people's gears turn and, and what makes them so different and they can handle the same situation in completely different ways so I just kind of played on that a little bit and, and you, again before we went live we were talking about the fact that we all have a psychopath within us. We all are capable of co committing very nefarious and evil acts because we're human. Right. And at any given time, even those of us with the moral compass that, that understand right from wrong and understand there's consequences – can make a bad decision. However, making that bad decision, like you said before we went live, does not make us bad people. However, to continue making that bad decision over and over begins to define us and it becomes a pattern. Right, and then right. our, our conscience gets hardened and we no longer care that we're doing wrong things and then we start blaming it on other people, our environment, how we grew up, yada, 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 and we don't take responsibility. Yeah, and I think that happens you know, a lot, and it's unfortunate, and, you know, for whatever reason, I've just always been kind of fascinated with, you know, that aspect of things. So, well, yeah, I try to kind of incorporate that, because I think everybody has, you know, it's like with 
money and stuff. It's everybody has a price, so everybody has the opportunity of you know something around them that could potentially put them into a decision that could cause them to do the wrong thing, and that's yeah, that's kind of why. I write the characters the way I do is because I want them to be good people, but then I also want them to be bad people to some extent to kind of portray that that aspect of, you know, how far can you push somebody before they finally, you know, make a bad decision out of love even, but it, it you know, takes a bad turn. That's true. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, and we're talking with author Heaven, Heaven Cage. I can't talk tonight. We are going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be back because we're going to delve in something that is probably going to blow your socks off. So hang on. We'll be right back. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? <coughs> Are horses your new best friend? <coughs> Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. Horses See Ghosts by Gannat Wise. Tommy Chong once said, When you hit a groove, it's not you. It's the spirit world. Thanks, spirit world, for Horses See Ghosts. Amazon. Horses See Ghosts. A struggling city. Its beloved baseball team. An antique camera. And photos from that camera that bear an image from the pit of hell, an entity only a select few can see. Journalism professor Buddy Cullen is determined to track this demon down. But who is the hunter and who is the prey? And who will be the next target of mankind's mortal foe? Mortal Foe, available at Amazon.com. Hi, this is Winona and Jade inviting you to join us and our wonderful guests on the And I Thought Women's Cave podcast on Blog Talk Radio to learn more about our books, the And I Thought series, and The Misfit Guide. They're available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com. Or just to see what your ladies are up to, you can find all of that out on www.andwethought.com. So peace and love from Winona and Jade and our books. <laughs> You're so silly. You silly. Remember Did you that? That's funny. <laughs> Remember to visit us at andwethought.com. Once in a lifetime does a great author set the stage for a wonderful trip into the minds and lives of their characters. Yvonne Mason doesn't just write books. She crafts memorable experiences. Best-selling true crime fiction author Yvonne Mason will leave you on the edge of your seat and checking behind every corner for the weirdos that only real life can breathe. Find her books on Amazon.com and make sure you check out such titles like Dreamcatcher, Failure Was Never an Option, The Pink Canary, and Silent Scream today. 
And we are back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, author Heaven Cage. I'm telling you, I can't talk tonight. And we're talking about embracing the darker side and understanding it and deciding which wolf are you going to feed, the white wolf or the dark wolf, because whichever wolf you feed the most, that's the one you become. Now, Heaven, on your your, uh, website... You talk about um, that your books are based on your inner struggles, the the ideas, the the premise, so to speak, is based on your inner struggles with religion and whether or not you were, quote-unquote, good enough, none of us are good enough, How did you come to terms with it? Because, like we said before the show, religion and faith are two separate things. Religion is the theology, and faith is that which we accept without seeing it. So, in writing your your novels, was it cathartic? Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely think it it was a lot of... And it helped me kind of work through thought processes and, um, you know, put my characters in positions where I could see myself emotionally at some points. Um, I mean, I still struggle every day with the idea of being, you know, like I said, quote, unquote, good enough. But, um, yeah, I I mean, I'm a Catholic. I'm not by any means a devout Catholic probably in most people's terms. Um, but I do appreciate the ceremonies and the the um traditions and the the guidance of the of the religion. However, I also think that there's there's more. I think that there's, you know, things that are outside of the box um that, you know, should be considered as well. So yeah, I think Working it out through through my books kind of helped accept that too, but well, yeah, it's an everyday struggle. And and this is sometimes this is what people get confused in their lives because like before we went live, I told you I struggled for years with my religion, and mm. like you struggling. Well, I'm never going to get good enough. So why bother? And then I would feel guilty because I knew that it didn't matter if I wasn't good enough. It it was up to God, and it, it was a constant back and forth and back and forth. And then it dawned on me one day, Yvonne, it, re, religion is a theology. And religion is handled by humans. It is taught by humans. Humans are fallible. What we have to go with is our faith that there is a God, that he loves us, that he covers us with his grace, that there are consequences for our actions, good or bad, and that we have to believe that everything that we do, he already knows about and has a plan for. When I could put that in perspective, religion didn't seem that, important if that makes any sense yeah yeah i mean it does i think that there's more gray areas than people like to admit and i think you know just like we 
thought that the world was flat and that, you know, witches should be burned and hanged and, you know, hung and those types of ideals so long ago were all considered normal and the right way to do things. I, I think that there's more than what we know, and I think there's a constant gray area, and I think that, you know, too many people kind of ignore that and just rush to assume things based on, you know, things that they were taught or things that they were you, they read and just plain not stupidity but ignorance to what else is out there. And and what you have done because I'm sitting here looking at um the synopsis of Faltering Souls, which is book one, and I, I find that title so interesting because as humans, we all falter. If any man says he's perfect, oh, heaven help us, because none of us are. Right. And, and I'm, I'm sitting here reading it, and I'm going, I like the premise. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to read it, ladies and gentlemen, and then we're going to talk about how she how she researched it and and how she went about writing this book. Now, this was the first series, correct? Yes. Yeah, Falter is the first, and then Severance and Contrition. I published Contrition in May. That was the end of it. Okay. Navia Richards never believed in heaven and hell, and hell doesn't care. Living on the streets with her father is tough, but Nev soon finds a life immersed in angels and demons is tougher than she could ever imagine. When her father suddenly becomes ill... Neva's eyes are open to a world she never knew existed. A war is bleeding into the human realm, and Neva is developing strange new powers that has both sides eager to claim her soul's devotion. The devil wants what he wants, though. He commands a demon to take her father's soul hostage, the cost to save him. Question mark. Surrendering to darkness and becoming something far more evil than hell chasing her. Where did this storyline come from? Because it's already grabbed me. Oh, thanks. I'm glad. Um, and that just, I don't know, it developed, like I said, I wanted a flawed character. I wanted a character who de- dealt with, um, you know, the her her faith. And initially, Nevaeh starts out not really believing anything. You know, she didn't have a belief system. And as the book goes on and she gets introduced to other worlds and angels and, and demons and starts being thrown into that world, you know, she has to kind of check herself and, and realize that there's more than what she thought out there and has to deal with that, and she's a big part of it. So, yeah, I just I wanted a character with flaws and the character who had the same struggles that I dealt with and... um you know, probably obviously a little more extreme than I do, but you know, just to to give that that feeling of of loss and uncertainty, and you know, not being able to fathom something you can't see and and touch and prove. You know, those things you know are kind of what build faith, I think. And you're right. Now, let me ask you this. I, I read on one of the, the the blogs that I pulled up that you were interviewed on that someone asked you, do you do research? And, and you said that you did extensive research 
tell me some of the research that you did, some of the research books you you, you went to, because angels and demons are as old as time. Right. Um, well, a lot... A lot of the research that I did was mainly about the hierarchy of the angels. Um, and actually, with Falter, I didn't do as much research as I probably, um, you know, could have done. But I just I wanted to put my own spin on it. But the the main research that I did had to do with angel hierarchies, like the different um, you know circles of uh, heaven and hell, and, and the different realms and, and things like that. So. Um, there was a lot, and a lot of that is based, I think, um, in Catholic belief as well. Um, and you know, like uh, Dante's Inferno and things like that. I kind of um, pulled a little bit from from those those works as well. Now I'm going to ask you a burning question because one of the first things I thought of after reading the synopsis of your books and after reading your the 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 premise for your books. One of the first things that popped into my head was, I wonder if she used the Bible as a research book because it is so filled with angels and demons and hell and and consequences. What a invaluable resource! If nothing, if, you know, even if you don't believe in the Bible, just for research purposes. Right. No, actually, the See, the only thing that I really probably used a little bit on would have been um, in the Catholic. It, we use, for the majority, the same Bible as the, the King James Version, but we also have the Apocrypha, um, which is like just added like supplemental um, parts that they took out a while back. So... I kind of had read little stories of it um, and used it to kind of help put a spin on, like, purgatory in um, the second book. But I really, I just wanted it to be very organic in my own thoughts and in my own world and, and my own struggles. And even my angels are, I mean, they're most of them are rogue angels that, you know, they're imperfect too, and they they became imperfect based on being pushed into a decision out of love and and just, you know, like Nevaeh, you know, she was pushed into a decision that, you know, could bring her into darkness based out of love as well. So it's just, you know, how much can can a person be pushed before they make a bad decision, um, even if with good even intentions? If it's- even if it's for the right reasons. And right. that goes back to um, sometimes even with the moral compass, we are can, can be, maybe, forced into making a decision that normally we would not make. In the second book, Severance, um, she faces the overpowering gravity of her choice to save those she loves while striving for strength to fight her greatest threat, which is herself, and we are our own worst enemy. While she struggles to keep herself and the unpredictable beast inside her in check, she has to play the part of a dark Kalita. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Kalita. Kalita. And fulfill every wicked task they command of her using her supernatural abilities. It's the only chance she has to get George and Gavin back. However, with each mission she goes on, 
the line between the woman she used to be and the monster she's becoming grows thinner. Arcard watches the world suffer for his mistakes in an attempt to right his wrongs and heal the hole in his heart. He chases Nev, but every lead ends with more questions about who she is, where she comes from, and how to save her if he can save her at all. And the there is a fine line between the person we are and the monster that, that wants to be fed. Mm-hmm. All right. You are amazing. You are absolutely Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> and then, ladies and gentlemen, in this third of the series, Contrition, and, and her byline, in the end, everyone must pay for their sins. I go back to um, Game of Thrones. In the end, every man must die. I'm going, okay, that, that <laughs> that's singing in my head. <laughs> trial after trial, Nev's loved ones have struggled to save her from a dark destiny, and the time has finally come for her to return home and join the earthbound angels in the war threatening to destroy the human race. However, is it really Nev who's walking the earthly plane? True, being surrounded by evil for weeks on end would change anyone, but Nev's friends suspect something is wrong with the Nev they extracted from Hell's grip. Arkard, Arkin, Maggie, and Malak prepare to fight the impending apocalypse brought on by the rebellious Dominians, I can't talk, while trying to accept the new Nev and help her gain control over her powers. And again, you brought out that thing that once we cross that line, it's like being an undercover cop for so long. You go so deep undercover that it owns you. Right, right. Yeah, I think I think once you get to a certain point, it gets harder to see the light and to come back out of you know bad habits and bad bad choices and. The more bad choices you make, the more you get buried under the consequences of them. Yes, because it it has finally defined who you are, and that's true in life. And, And one of the things that I talk about a lot is our past experiences don't have to define us, even though they're defining moments in our lives. They only define us and own us when we allow them and give them permission to. Mm hmm and it sounds like that's what happened to Nev. She's she's having to she fed the dark beast for so long that she's become the dark beast or has she? Well, yeah, you'll have to find out. <laughs> <laughs> she's evil, yeah, ladies I mean, and gentlemen. She is so evil. <laughs> and I love yeah, her for it. Well, thank you. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, that was the whole purpose of the, the whole trilogy was just to to play on that. You know, how far can you go and still come back from it um, before you know there is no coming back. So, and you know, as far as finding forgiveness too, you know, how much how much can can God or your faith and your family and friends tolerate? For me, before there is no for forgiveness anymore. That's a good question. And how how much can we tolerate within ourselves before there's right, no forgiveness yes. anymore? Yes. See, ladies and gentlemen, you learn many things on this show. It's why we call it off the chain. 
And if you read books, even fiction books, if you read books with an open mind, there is always something to be learned and something that you can carry with you. And I know people go, well, I just read for pleasure. Yeah, but open your mind up. Don't just read the words on the page. Page. I'm, I'm, my tongue's getting twisted. Don't just read the words on the page. Become part of the story. Take the journey. You're going to see books in an entirely different light. Then you've got the Perilously Pretty series, and the one that I'm looking at is Craving Love and Death. Okay. Yes. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this 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 beautiful woman that I'm talking to, and I've I've seen her. She's gorgeous, and she's in oh, the medical you. field. <laughs> but she's got an evil twin like I do, and I absolutely love it. <laughs> It, it, this is what it says. She's a voluptuous pinup with a killer personality. Vivian may play the role of a quiet, docile nightclub singer and waitress for her friends and families, but behind closed doors she gives in to an insatiable hunger no man can escape. Hmm. She just wants to ignore her disturbing temptations. I've never heard them called disturbing before. <laughs> However... <laughs> When Vivi's best friend convinces her to join an impromptu double date with two handsome sailors, her plan gets blown to bits. Sexy, dark, and sly, Naval Lieutenant Dean Vinson may be the only man who can give Vivi a reason to nix her bad habits. Mm. But he's running from his own dirty past, and his secrets could turn her world upside down. Can Vivian change her murderous, murderous ways to be with Dean? Well, she won't to after she finds out what he's hiding. Child, where on God's green earth did you come up with that? That is absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Well, thank you. Um, actually, believe it or not, I, I kind of got the idea from a uh, writing prompt off of Pinterest. Really? And um, I just kind of flew with it, yeah. Yeah, I knew I wanted to um, write a villain that was likable and was the main character, and I just kind of ran away with her, and I, I like um, the 1950s, and so I figured, you know, every, who doesn't love pinups and sexy sailors? So I figured that would be a good little spin on um, a Black Widow kind of story. Uh, yeah, Black Widow? has got nothing yeah. on this chick, and I didn't even read the book. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this one that's going into audio? Yes, it will be released um, probably, well, I'm actually right now waiting on ACX to release it, so probably in the next couple of weeks it should be um, available. Oh, I can't so, I hope that yeah. the, the narrator that you have does this book justice because that book, I thought – the Faltering Souls books would grab this one just jumped right out and choked me to death. It, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably kind of more along the lines of what you write as well because you write true crime and this has definitely got crime and it's got a little bit of Russian mafia and some romance, some steamy romance in it. So, yeah, it's, um, it's probably a little bit more along the lines of your normal uh, Stories. My, my normal, 
Okay. <laughs> what is normal for the spider becomes chaos for the fly. <laughs> and you're right. To me, that is normal. That, I mean, that is an absolutely brilliant idea. Well, thank you. Thank you. Who would have thought? I'm thinking 1940s. You're thinking 1950s because I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh, remember the Black Dahlia? Yes. Well, that's what's dancing through my head. I'm seeing the Black Dahlia when I'm reading this, and I'm going, "She went there. She really, really went there." So. Yeah. Well, and it was a time when women really weren't necessarily very empowered, and yeah, I wanted her to be something without being paranormal and supernatural to be stronger than most women during that time. And I think it gave a good little spin on it. Um, and the one that I'm working on now is the second to that series. It has the same theme, um, but different characters, and it's set in the 18, um, 1850s. So it's a little bit like the Reconstruction era, you know, post-Civil Ooh. War times. So yeah, but it's still the same. You know, main character is a murderer, and she she has to figure her way out of it. <laughs> oh my goodness! Now, ladies and gentlemen, this nice, quiet, docile Southern South Carolina belle in the medical field walks on the dark side. Yeah, I love a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> but only in the books. Only in the books. Who would have thunk it? I mean, <laughs> when when people find out what you do for a living and then find out what you write, do they do a double take? Yes. Yeah, I've had quite a, people, you know, quite a few people surprised by, um, especially like my family members. They get a little, a little bit, I guess, concerned sometimes about... <laughs> how I come up with the stories and where I get the ideas from. But they they love it. They love me. So I'm fortunate. I have a good support system. But wait till they ask to be in one of your books. Well, there's been some that's made some appearances, at least by name. <laughs> so <laughs> Did they figure it out it was them? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm notorious for naming places after my family members. So they, they knew. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep the characters was, from them because you know I might have to kill them off or something. But I, yeah, I'll I'll name them after places. <laughs> was was this family members that you're fond of or or something? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, for the most part, the ones I'm fond of. So <laughs> that is too. I love it. Only 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 other writers would understand the humor that we find in that because. Yes. I I killed off an ex-husband in my short story, Blood Alley. Hey, whatever works is therapy. <laughs> <laughs> he got he 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 was on Highway 27 with in this in this short story, which runs from Maine to Miami, and it's a two-lane blacktop, and it's called um, Alligator Alley. But I named it Blood Alley, and it's also called Blood Alley because a lot of wrecks happen on this two-lane blacktop, and there's areas it's so dark you can't see your hand in front of your face and there's some he he stops the truck because there's a truck stopped in front of him and he gets out and from there everything goes south in in quite a hurry and um he 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 makes a a um, interesting end and it, it was great cathartic 
cut yeah, that. I'm sure yeah, that kind of word. I can't. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I actually posted something on Facebook the other day, and um, oh, I can't even remember what it was. But it was basically, you know, about writing the bad characters. That authors write bad characters, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we believe the same things that they believe or that we support what they're doing, we write them with a purpose and just to be bad. And I, I put on there, sometimes you just need a bad character. <laughs> you know, you just need somebody <laughs> to kind of, to to not like or to kill off or to, you know, do the dirty work. That is so true. You just need that alter ego to yeah. be a catharsis for you, to do a cleansing, so to speak. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> on exorcism as the case may be <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would probably have worked in one of my books but i didn't i didn't take it <laughs> take advantage of that well see that that put, make that in your notes add exorcism to the next book <laughs> yeah i'll have to do that <laughs> because with 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 your um religious background that would be a perfect backdrop for one of your murderous villains. They oh, think yeah, they're, yeah. They're not I really, can work it out. Yeah, they're not really possessed, but they're going to get exercised anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you are not going to believe this, my friend, but our hour is almost up. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that did go by quick. I told you. It always does. I tell this to my first-time authors every time, and they go, yeah, okay, what are we going to talk about for an hour? Well, see, we've talked about <laughs> So many things and still have so many to cover. And then I, I tell them, the hour's going to go by fast. And when I say, you're not going to believe this, they're going to go, what? And it did go by. And see, you just are right with them. It did go by extremely fast. It always yeah. does. Well, you keep the conversation going, so that helps. Oh, well, thank um, you. So yeah, thank you. You've got three books out, correct? Four. Yeah, well, I've got four. You, okay, what's the fourth one? Well, the, there's the complete trilogy for the Faltering Souls, and then um, Craving Love and Death is out for the pretty, Perilously Pretty series. Okay, so you've got the the four books out. The the four books she's yep. got out, ladies and gentlemen, Faltering Souls, Falter, Severance, and Contrition, and then she's got previously peri- – see, I can't talk peri- – <laughs> All right, say the, say the title of the book. Perilously Pretty. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tongue twister. And this woman is absolutely amazing. I am putting her on my to-read list because she just drew me right in to her world just by reading the synopsis and talking about the characters and how she came about the books and the characters and the storyline, and it is well worth it, ladies and gentlemen, for y'all to go and get her books because she is going to be an author to watch. And with that, I'm going to ask you, will you come back? Oh, sure, absolutely. It was fun. Excellent. I will bring you back after the first of the year because by then you'll have at least one more, maybe two books out. Oh, yeah, yeah, hopefully more than that. And we can see if you wrote one about exorcism. But in the meantime, (laughs) (laughs) tell the folks where you can be found. 
Um, you can find me at www.authorhavencage.com. I'm all over Facebook as Haven Cage, or my um, author page is Author Haven Cage. And I'm on Twitter as Haven Cage, Pinterest. Um, yeah, I mean, Instagram. It's, I'm pretty easy to find, so <laughs> you can stalk and, and, me, but only in a nice way. Yeah, and and understand, <laughs> the, the audio book for Perilously Pretty will be out right. in the next few days, so you want to friend her on Facebook or like her author page so you will know when it comes out if you're into audio books so you can go and get it and download it and read it. And if you want to... Haven, once you get the audiobook, mm-hmm. if you will send me one chapter or an excerpt in an MP3 format, I will put it up on my Reverb Nation page, and I will put a oh, link. Oh, awesome. I will put a link, an external link to where it can be bought. So once they listen to it, they can just go to that external link and grab it. Well, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. I love doing that because it makes me happy to see y'all happy. Well, I'm definitely happy. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on there. Oh, thank you for coming on. Ladies and gentlemen, she was a little nervous because somebody told her that I ate people on Wednesdays. I don't. That's (laughs) safe for Saturday night. (laughs) Yeah, they got their days mixed up. They did. They did. I I boiled children on Wednesdays. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, join us again tomorrow night. And as all of y'all know, these are a few things that I say at the end of every show. People will forget your name. They'll forget what you look like. They'll forget what you're wearing. But they will never, ever, ever forget how you make them feel. We are all on a journey. And some of us are on a more treacherous journey than others. Some of us are carrying burdens that are so heavy, it's almost impossible to take another step. But we do. So when you're out and about, smile and speak to people. Look them in the eye. Let them know you care. Sometimes just a look. You don't even need words. Just a look, a handshake, a touch. Also, ladies and gentlemen, if you aspire to do greatness, oh, please stop asking permission because nobody's going to give it to you. Do like Haven did. Just go out and do it. Whatever it is that you want to be great at, just go out and do it. And don't ask permission because there will be people out there that will say, you can't do that for whatever reason, maybe because they want you down in the rabbit hole with them. Because people in general don't aspire to be great. They don't even aspire to get up in the morning. So if you aspire for greatness, just go out and do it. When you look at yourself in the mirror in the mornings, don't say, I feel special today, because feelings are fleeting. Say, I am special. And when you truly believe that you are special, you are unique, and you have a purpose, others will believe it as well, because it will show in everything that you do. It will show on your face. It will show in your carriage. It will show in your character. So just go out and understand that you are special, you are unique, and you have a purpose. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us this evening. Share the show. Spread the wealth. Haven, don't hang up when the show goes offline because I want to um, tell you some things. And join us again tomorrow night here at Off the Chain. I want to thank Haven Cage, author Haven Cage, for being with us. Join us again tomorrow night 
at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time here at Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, and I want to tell you all, it has been a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful hour. What a great way to start off the week with this lovely, lovely Southern sister, author Haven Cage. We thank her so much for joining us. And until tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, we wish you all a good evening. Okay, we're off the air, but everything we say will go up in the archive show. What I wanted to tell you was, first of all, thank you. It was wonderful. And second of all, you. you are quite welcome. When we get off from here, the show will archive, and uh-huh. I will, once it archives, I will put the link on my page, and I will tag you in it. Okay. Take it and put it everywhere. And then tomorrow, I'm going to put it up on Spreaker and Podcast.com, Podcast Garden, Mixcloud's. Uh, SoundCloud, and then it automatically goes up on YouTube, iTunes, FM.com, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, and Reverb Nation. I will tag you on those as well. Wow, okay. That's awesome. That's how we're heard in over 200 countries with over 200,000 listeners. That's that's really cool. I'm I'm glad that um you go through and and do the uh the thank you and everything. That's pretty amazing that you've gotten it that far. And you said it was just two years. Two years. Two years. Wow, of time. that's impressive. Very cool. Well, because I, I'm not in it for me. I'm in it. I knew that I was not going to be able to do events because my husband is very very ill. He's he's dying. Yeah. And I'm so sorry. It is what it is. I mean, it's a circle of life. We've accepted it. We just take each day and are thankful for it. But this was a way I could still stay out there. And when I made up my mind to do this, it was a five-year plan, and when I made up my mind to do this, I wanted to bring all of y'all along with me for the ride. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Not a problem. So once your audio book comes out, send me a either a snippet or a chapter or a couple of paragraphs in an MP3 format, I'll put it up. I'll add an external link to where they can go get it. And believe me, that works. And then I will send you some dates for next year and because okay. you'll get a following on this show. Trust me, you will get a following on this show. That would be awesome. I really appreciate it. All right, darling, go and have a good evening and tell your husband and son thank you for letting me have you for an hour. Well, thank you, and you enjoy your evening, too. Thank you, sweetheart. All right, bye. Bye Bye-bye.